0: This week on the VergeCast, we talk about the Galaxy Note 10. It's in two sizes. Talk about what's going on with Android's back gesture. Juliet Alexander joins us to talk about Disney and the streaming wars. And we get into
1: it with Siri listening to you. It's always listening to you. That's the VergeCast. It's coming up now. Support for the podcast comes from Canva. Presenting to a group of your colleagues can be nerve-wracking. So why not ease some of that anxiety with Canva? Thanks to their AI, you can start with a simple prompt and watch Canva go to work. Choose your favorite style, customize the content, and that's it. You're done. It's a serious time saver. Whatever you do for work, Canva presentations can give you a head start on your deck. You generate sales presentations, marketing decks, HR onboarding plans, you name it. Finish your deck faster. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com designed for work.
2: Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down.
0: hello and welcome to verge cast the flagship podcast of the verge podcasting ecosystem an ecosystem that is now in partnership with microsoft to combat <laughs> <laughs> that's true. hi i'm neil i'm your friend it's not actually we'll get to it i'll explain it to you but i'm neil Dieter Bone is in New York with me. I'm in New York with you. Because of the Note 10 event. That's right. Which I couldn't personally attend, it turned out but that came <laughs> forward anyway. At which Samsung and Microsoft announced a partnership. Paul Miller is here. Hello. How's it going, Paul?
3: I'm I'm very well. Thank you.
0: Do you do you did you remove your headphone
3: jack for an additional battery? No. But I, I would like to announce that I will never part with with Microsoft, and they can never pay me, and they can never own me. <laughs> wow! It's <laughs> the year of Linux on the desktop, everybody. That's right. Here we go.
0: All right, that's the big news. The Note 10. Yeah, it's here. Two sizes. It's a lot going on. Dieter, tell us about
4: it. Uh, there's two sizes. Uh, there's a small Note. Uh, everyone says don't call it small because it's big. Six point three inches. That's big, but there's no bezels. So I don't know. It's about. It's like not that much bigger than a Galaxy S10. I'm very excited about the small one. Yeah. Like, I actually really like it. Uh, then there's the, like the full-on Note, Note, the Note, Noty Note, yeah, Notorama, the Note 10 Plus, which I think should just be the Note, but whatever. It's got a 6.8 inch screen. It's about the same size as last year's Note. So the thing about the Note is it comes in the back half of the year, just like the Pixel does, and that is off cycle to when Qualcomm makes its newest Android chips available to Android manufacturers that's the earlier in the year and the S10 usually gets like right in that first jet rev of it right so the note historically in your head is the phone that just has every feature and is the most powerful and the biggest and the, the the most the most samsung and they can't do that with the processor anymore huh and increasingly it's getting hard for them to do it with like the screen because this thing doesn't have a 90 hertz refresh rate like the OnePlus 7 Pro it's not bigger than other android phones but it is a very, very, very nice screen. Like, it looks like a Samsung-quality screen. Yeah. And so I'm not really freaked out about the 90 hertz thing or whatever. But what, what do you buy a note for? Like, what is it that you want out of it? Iterations on the technology packed into the stylus. <laughs> well, you can now wave the stylus like a wand. It, uh, it's a unibody stylus now. It's a single piece of metal. <laughs> Sorry,
5: I just I'm just, I'm just
0: stating facts.
3: Man. I know that you are. They're, I mean, they, it's like if, you have to do something. If there was an IR sensor in this, I, it would have it would exceed the functionality of the original. Here's remote.
0: my question: When does this stylus become a tiny little phone on its own? <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> that's what you got to get to. Like, what is the stylus? A little phone.
3: And you just hold it up to your head <laughs> yeah. and take calls with the stylus. it could be
0: awesome.
4: Yeah, you can wave it around. It's got an accelerometer and a gyroscope
0: in it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I saw a video of Dieter, like, flipping through a camera roll. Yeah, it's uh, not With good. a 65% yeah. accuracy rate. Well, I,
4: I didn't realize that you have to hold the button down while you wave it. No, like a, once a, I like figured a, that watch. out, then it, I got up to, like, 65 70%. Before yeah. it was zero. So, <laughs> improvement. This is the big thing to, for me, is DeX will run on a Mac or a PC. DeX is, you know, no one uses it, or maybe people do. Like, there's, like, the four people that, like, bought a USB-C monitor and a Bluetooth keyboard, and like, I'm living that Dex life. But really, I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, But the ability to have an Android window on your computer that is just your phone is actually kind of compelling. Because it's a way easier way to get at your messaging. For example, you can do some of this with like the, your your phone stuff on Microsoft, but getting WhatsApp or Signal on your computer, you got to like scan the QR code and make sure blah. And blah, 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 blah. but then it's just it's just there. It's just there. Yeah open it up at the window and go to town. Try to move files from Android to a PC has always sort of been um, terrible. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Wait, so to use DeX, I just want to be clear on this. So
4: DeX Uh
0: with the Note 9, for example, or the S10, you plug in a monitor, you plug in a keyboard, you get like a windowed operating system that's like a riff on Android. It's running Android apps, but it like made Windows out of them. Yes. It has worked... Iteratively better over the years.
4: Yep. You used to have to have a dock, and then they made it, you just need a cable. And yep. now they've made it, you just need a USB C cable to plug it into a computer. Okay. So you Not have to plug though. it
0: into your computer. Yeah. So you, you don't have you to. Take... You can still plug it into a, a monitor if you want. No, but I'm saying to run it on a Mac. Oh, yeah, example, yeah. You get a USB C cable. Yep. You plug one end into your Mac yep. and the other end into your Note 10. Yep. By the way, same plug on both ends of that cable. There you go. Yeah. The promise of USB C is alive. <laughs> um, <laughs> Then, just to be clear, phone starts charging off your laptop. Yep. Yeah. Presumably. Uh-huh. And then an app on your laptop opens up. And then uh, one you assumes see,
4: it can just open up. You might have to click a button. I don't know.
0: You got it. Yeah. Something happens. You do some application yep. stuff. Yep. The Dex app opens. Yep. And then you see a windowed operating system that is inside that
4: window. Yep. You don't see like a note 10. Right. That's correct. You see a windowed operating system inside a window, like you're you're VNCing into your note. That's super weird. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's
3: all. It's so close and so far, right? It's super weird. Does it. Feel like a VNC. Like, what is the. the I'm guessing it doesn't feel perfectly native, or does it? No, it feels like a VNC. It
4: totally does. Like, there's a little bit. There's like, it's a little bit slower. Um, you remember when it's a little bit
0: slower. It's plugged into the phone directly. Then, like, you know, you can run a monitor
4: over USB C without. Uh, it's so weird. Yeah. It's slower because it's also like, you know, Android. Like Dex. you know. Like I'm not touching that okay. one. No, 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 no. no.
0: It's Samsung It's slower because it's Android. Dieter bone, he's Android back on everybody.
3: <laughs> wow, that's a deep cut. It's almost like it's. I'm guessing it's probably kind of like running a capture card. Yeah. Right. Except you're just not recording it to your hard drive. But you're taking basically a video signal over USB-C and then showing it in a window. And then also sending mouse events. Yep. And also apparently drag and drop events.
4: Exactly. That's exactly what's happening. Okay. And that's why that's why I think there's like it feels like there's a little, little bit of lag. I've only used it for about like five minutes. So it, it mm. could just be that I remember badly. Yeah. I, I mean, I love this idea Yeah, that you're going to sit down
0: and then you can like kind of operate your phone on your computer. Yeah. It's a great idea. This
4: sounds what like nuts. You just you want you want the like the the vertical like phone, especially on a
0: Windows computer. I think having it so that you can just see your phone and like use your phone on that same screen. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Why don't you just do that? That could be version version two. You like narrow the window and switch. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it it's responsive design, mode? and it's like a phone, a phone, a phone. Oh my god, it's a weird VNC. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
4: Huh. You remember uh, Parallels for Mac? You could um, you could like set the thing where it doesn't put all the Windows stuff inside a desktop, mm-hmm. inside a window. Yeah. You could just like break it out and have Windows windows yeah, yeah. in your Mac. They should do that. I think Parallels for Mac still exists because it just does some weird
0: hardware yeah. compartmentalization stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do that. That's what I want. I want yeah. random floating <laughs> Android windows across, mix and match operating systems. It doesn't seem exactly
3: like the future, but it has like, it, it rhymes with the future. There's just something <laughs> that it just feels right about it. Like uh, if I had this phone, I think I would use this more than I would have used Dex before. Like like I'm working on a software project. I want to test the Linux build of something, right? Yeah. So I just like open up this, then I open up the Linux app inside of Dex <laughs> and then I run the the Linux app to test it out and then I you know unplug it when I'm done and it's it's fun. instead of having to like like boot to, you know plug a whole monitor and keyboard in just to get this experience yeah. feel
0: the raw power of virtualized Linux inside of Dex running on VNC
3: over a cable on a Mac well and then also it's gonna be the dream machine for an Android developer yeah maybe why? Because you can test your Android app on the same computer that you're develop. Uh, you you can test your Android app on an Android phone, on your computer <laughs> <laughs> that you're developing the Android
4: without app. having to use an emulator or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe inside of Dex. Yeah, that's the that's the maybe. <laughs> that's,
5: that's the that's
0: the, <laughs> the one part where it's like uh, my app works great on Dex. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't uh, test it anywhere else. That's, it but it that's a virtuous
4: cycle. <laughs> uh, I was talking to Becca. YouTube star, Becca yeah. Versace. Uh, she is interested in it uh, for video because they did a bunch of video stuff for the Note 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has like, it, it's pinging the accelerometer and the gyroscope more for steady shooting. Yeah. And it, it could do bokeh in the background, whatever. And it's doing that zoom mic thing. So, in theory, you might be shooting more video on this thing. And so, getting files off through decks might like, be nicer because you could just like plug it in and then use the big file browser inside Dex to go find the stuff that you want instead of poking at it in the gallery and then hitting a the share button oh, that's and then cool. praying that somehow you'll get it to your computer Okay, that could be that's a thing, maybe what else? It's got three cameras, it's got a little o display. It's got three cameras. The big one has a time of flight camera, which they are using for AR stuff. Which uh, I didn't see, but they showed it on stage, and it actually looks like really cool. Nobody will ever use it, but you can do the thing where you like draw in space, you know, yeah, and you can like draw a mustache on somebody's face, and it stays on their face when they move around. Truly the best use of this technology. The coolest thing that it can do, though, is it you can do a 3D scan of a thing. Mm-hmm. You can just, like, walk around the thing in a circle, and then it creates a 3D version of that object. And, you know, it looks pretty bad, but it's close. Yeah. And then you can take that thing and, like, use it as, like, an AR sticker in some other scene. Or, hell, you could, like, throw it to a 3D printer if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Great for intellectual property theft.
3: Yeah. I, I feel like this will be once that sort of 3D scanning stuff becomes more ubiquitous, like uh, this will be a great like uh, user generated content video game. Yeah. Like if I had a skateboard game, but then I could ollie over Dieter's head that I scanned with my phone, you know, yeah. and then I make a YouTube video of it, and now I'm famous.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Truly living the Samsung life. <laughs> like what's my full life like Samsung lifestyle? It's like I used this weird Samsung feature. To make a weird game on Android, and I put it on YouTube, and I'm sponsored by Samsung. (laughs) It's like just complete that
3: loop. I'm I'm saying there needs to be a game that is a good video game. Like, you ever watch people like mod Grand Theft Auto? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like a good actual game that people actually play that accepts weird proprietary Samsung 3D scanning. Product. <laughs> I'm so into it.
4: There's a bunch of other stuff we could talk about. Like, it's got the the beam forming for the zoom mic, mm-hmm. which is cool. The thing that I keep coming back to, though, is it's just nice. Yeah. It's 950 The Plus, it starts at 1100 and then it's 200 bucks more or 100 bucks more to get the 512 storage. Mm-hmm. But the OnePlus 7 Pro costs $450 less or something, $350 less, depending on which model you're looking at. And it has in theory like comparable screen, perhaps even better to some people if they really care about refresh rate. Cameras are like close. That's like it's really close in like every category, but it's just not as nice of an object. It's, like yeah. one of the things you're paying for when you get this thing is like, I'm gonna take notes and now it'll do OCR and I'm gonna the, the dream of using the stylus. But you're also just buying like a really nice phone. Yeah. Yeah. How's
0: they uh, that
4: infinity O situation? Is it, like looking good? It's just a little bit smaller than uh, it is on the uh, S10. Yeah, uh, and it, you know, it's a hole in the middle of your screen. They centered it instead of putting it off to the side. I, I I'm done having angst and feelings about bezels and uh, notches and stuff. Yeah, super done. It's it's amazing that there's literally no bezel on this. Like, like you can, see it, you can see it. It's there, but like it is minuscule. Um, and that's why they can have these giant screens. So like, again, like the regular note 10 is six point three inches, but it's more squarish than most phones because it's a note. And it since it goes edge to edge and there's virtually no bezel, it could, it feel does not feel like a six point three inch phone used to feel. It yeah. feels like a much smaller phone. And so you that's the one you're really into. i, I I'm trading my s ten in for it. Wow. Uh, I'm sad Ooh. about the headphone, Jack. We should talk about that for a minute. That's where I was going. Uh, but Samsung uh, is offering a six hundred dollars rebate for the s ten. Which is like pretty good, so it's like still a pretty new phone. It's still a pretty new phone, but yeah. And then they're giving you 150 bucks to like a store credit to buy like cases, yeah. Which I didn't. It's all it's pure margin. That's how you know like Samsung cases and wireless chargers like cost four cents to make and they sell them for (laughs) seventy dollars. Like, yeah. Speaking of dongles, uh, the USB C headphone dongle not in the box, nine ninety nine. That's separate.
3: I think is actually technically a crime. (laughs)
4: <laughs> oh, so I want
0: to – It comes with headphones. <laughs> I would like to say that I was extremely wrong about something. And I kind of disappointed wrong about something. So we, I think last week, week before, we were talking about No 10 coming out. I said they're going to take out the headphone jack. We're just minutes away from proprietary Bixby buds. Right? Because yeah, that's, mm. the, that's the thing that you do. You take out the headphone jack and you're like, but you still need to listen to stuff. Have you tried our our hundred and twenty dollar headphones? Yeah. Right. That's you like know the, that
4: but I was gonna go on a rant about Galaxy Buds and have Bixby integration, but I let it go.
0: Right. Okay. Because they didn't mention Bixby once yeah. on the stage. Right? Like Samsung, this is your moment, right? Mm-hmm. We took out the headphone, Jack. We know you're sad. Have you thought about Galaxy Buds? They've got Mm -hmm. Bixby integration. Bixby is... Nope. Bixby is... There's not the Bixby button anymore. It's integrated into the power button. Yeah. Which is amazing. Like, (laughs) how far are you demoted? The button that activates you is also the button that turns the phone off. (laughs) Well, Siri's on
4: the sleep-wake button.
0: Yeah. But, like... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Siri's also just, like, constantly activating out of the blue all the
3: time. Yeah, and then it gets recorded and listened to by contractors. We'll get to that later. Do you guys think cortana and bixby hang out
0: no no i think cortana like they're doing that uh, the alexa thing uh, Bixby's bixby has just been alone this okay. whole time and now samsung when it's launching the phone that literally has all the features mm. in the samsung way it does yeah like every I, I, samsung is the only company that still does this as far as you can tell every little feature has like a wacky brand name yeah right they're like wave force limiter and it's like that's the volume button like i don't (laughs) that's all that is right the volume button just a a flurry of these features and names and you can wave the the pen around like and bixby nowhere i think that's a a sign does that feel like a sign to you
3: uh well but also if you hold the button down it's bixby and it's not google assistant and apparently you can't change it yeah you can't so that's a sign whatever that means yeah you can
4: you can you can set the long press to bixby and then you can set the double press to camera or like swap them i think uh but you can't set up any of those presses to google assistant if they had let, if they had just natively let you choose google assistant that would be a huge sign but they're not quite there yeah i think they should probably go there but they're not quite there can I say this though? The first ever Bixby capsule of value was released recently. Oh my god! This is your time. You made the promise. I did. So I, I, I said if anybody makes a Bixby, they're called capsules for some ridiculous <laughs> they ran out of words. reason. It's the skills. It's the app. Yeah, in the Bixby or whatever that shows you a robot or a, a butler dog. A yeah. dog butler. With Bixby shoes. the dog with shoes. Yeah. Uh, that I would mention your name for a month as, like, the the catch, the word that we say at the end of the show. And it is it has happened. You can go. It's not called Bixby because they probably wouldn't have allowed that, but it's called Dog Butler. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> By uh, Kessny. And uh, you in order to, like, get the skill to work, you know how, like, Amazon will, like, guess that you're trying to talk to Phillips or whatever? Uh, Google does the same thing. Bixby's still at the place where you have to specifically invoke the – Capsule, <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to give the capsule a command. You can't just like run a thing. You have to invoke the thing and then tell the thing what to do.
3: Wait, can you explain invoke the capsule?
4: Like I think just, the you should oh, just be invoke capsule. So yeah, it's right here. So oh, you do. You have to like say like just do it. Yeah. Everyone will understand what you're trying to say as soon as you do it. In dog butler, show me a dog butler. <laughs> and I'm looking at a picture of a dog butler. It's really good. And it says, what a good boy.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just want everyone to know that for the past two days, Dieter's been wandering around the office saying, dog butler, show me dog butler. <laughs> uh, and, and like, it's not that he won't explain to you what's happening. It's just true. that it keeps happening. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's the one true great use of Bixby. If you have a Samsung phone with Bixby, yeah. and you haven't explored the capsule store, please... Please make this the most popular capsule. If you
4: you can find the Bixby capsule store without Googling it, (laughs) you deserve a lot of money because it is impossible. It's so confusing.
0: Anyway, I think it would be great if the Vergecast audience, the people with Samsung phones, made Doc Butler by far the most popular, highest rated Yes, yeah, Bixby please. capsule. Absolutely, I think that's a power that we have. Yeah, go Pull over it. in your car.
4: Yeah, get your Samsung phone out. Yeah, figure out where the capsule store is. <laughs> Make this happen for us. Last thing about Bixby. Yeah, we had to publish a story today whose headline was basically, "Yeah, Samsung hasn't canceled the Bixby Home." <laughs> now actually, I have it in
0: front of me. Yeah, Samsung. Uh, I read this headline and started crying. Samsung confirms its long-delayed Galaxy Home smart speaker is still in the works. What a confirmation! <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing confirmation. <laughs> yes, we have not given up on our barbecue grill mm. of a smart speaker. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wasn't going to mention this, but Altice, which is a cable company, has announced a smart speaker in the time that Samsung has announced the Galaxy Home to now. Yeah. It's a $500 smart speaker with yeah. Alexa integration that can control your cable box. If that thing beats the Galaxy Home to market, the the cable company, then there's a real problem. Yeah. All right. So there's this picture that I saw that I think speaks volumes about what's going on with Android and Windows and Samsung and Microsoft. Okay. I'm not sure where you're going with this, but I'm, I'm, I'm staying with you. So Samsung had like a billion partners on stage. Under Armour is doing a watch. Microsoft is doing a – LinkedIn is preloaded on the Note 10. Oh my God. Hooray.
5: <laughs> That's
0: what you want. Uh, the Note 10 for business.
3: And LinkedIn Discord's is- on the Note 10.
4: All right. No, it's, all of Microsoft is loaded on the, on the Note 10. You've got Outlook pre-installed. you got LinkedIn. you got the Your Phone co- uh, thing compatibility with Windows 10 built into the quick settings.
0: Yeah, so that's where I'm getting at. Yeah. So there's a photo where they're showing this off. The photo is someone holding a, a Note 10 with the Messages app open, and then someone with the Windows, that certain person has a Windows laptop in front of them. It's got Your Phone, and it's showing them the messages in that app. Yeah. The reason you make that photo and put it out in the world as a press image is to be like, this can do the thing iMessage can do. Yeah. Which is like a thing people love, right? Mm -hmm. iMessage syncs to your computer, it syncs to your phone. Okay. Now with your phone, we've brought them together. I think Microsoft's game is we can't go partner with Google directly, but Samsung makes the most phones. Yeah. Samsung will (laughs) sign literally any deal. Let's buddy up with Samsung. We'll make we'll make it so that if you have a Windows laptop, the thing that you want is a Samsung phone, right? And that will be full of Microsoft services, right? That's it. Seems like
4: that is Samsung the big game. is Microsoft's phone. Yeah, that's what they're going for. They they the Windows phone f- failed. Yeah. And so now they're going for Samsung Windows. Phone. And we're gonna we're gonna preload a bunch of stuff on Samsung. Phones. Yeah. I
0: will tell you Bill Gates was on the show. Bill Gates has a Samsung phone. Mm-hmm. Is that is that is that what you see? That is that is, kind of the vibe? That's
4: completely reasonable to me. The the thing that I thought of when I saw all these partnerships is the holiday season is coming. Samsung traditionally has a huge marketing budget. No one's buying phones uh, as fast as often as they used to. The phones are more expensive. Samsung needs every ounce of like marketing support that it can get, promotional support that it can get. And so hugging Microsoft in real close uh, and like will convince Microsoft that it should promote Samsung. Uh, and it's good for both of them to sell some stuff. I think you're right that it makes a lot more sense that uh, Microsoft wants to push people to Android because the thing about Android is... It's open, and you could do shit to it. <laughs> and sometimes that's a problem, but it means that Microsoft can get its hooks in in a way it never will be able to on the iPhone. And so yeah. it's better for Microsoft to have Android users than it is to have iPhone users.
0: Oh, absolutely. And yeah. and if they ever do a Surface phone, right, they've got like a lot of experience with this integration. Yeah. And then poor Samsung, once again, will be like, well, we'll do Tizen.
4: <laughs> like, it's ever the ever-looming
0: thread of, Apple, of Samsung shipping the Tizen. Do you, do you think a Surface phone is really... Probable?
3: it uh, seems really far-fetched to me. It
0: is a thing that Tom talks about a lot. Like, we hear about it a lot. Like, there's a, I think when I've asked, like, Panos about it, he's always like—he does that—Panos is, like, a lot of energy. So he, like, says no with, like, a lot of energy. But he's like, but, you know, we got to, like—we got to, like, look at stuff. Right. <laughs> right, like that's sure. like, I, that's sort of like the vibe. Is like yeah. It's always on the back burner. Someone at Microsoft like, is always like, what about a Surface phone? Like
3: every like, every other month somebody delivers a clay prototype to his desk. Just Yeah, he's like, this took interested. you a month? It's just a rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what
0: would
4: a clay
3: prototype of USB-C, a be? we're not ready for
0: USB-C.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I will tell you that Microsoft, better than any other company at making hinges. Mm. Oh. You know who's that? So we're gonna make it hinges at Samsung.
0: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Do they talk about the fold at all in this?
4: No, they, they pre-announced that it was that they were actually gonna ship it ahead of this so it wouldn't come up at the event. Oh, ah, yeah. yeah.
0: All right. So. Well they did announce some other stuff. There's a Galaxy Book S, which has a Qualcomm chip in it.
4: Yeah, it's the Qualcomm eight CX, which is the most promising of the ARM chips for Windows devices, mm-hmm. um, and Qualcomm, a Qualcomm Windows, an ARM Windows device, you know, you're supposed to get 23 hours of video playback, and you know, LTE is built in, and that's not complicated, and like stuff, you know. But you know, it'll be like pokey. Um, Haim tried it. Uh, he said that it like felt okay. Yeah, uh, we got to review it. Of course, it actually doesn't look so much like a. It's like a hybrid between like a Surface Book and a MacBook. It's like a weird middle zone between those in terms of its like industrial feel and look. Okay, I'm excited to see it. I think it's a thousand bucks, which is pretty expensive for to take a risk on uh, yeah. the arm processor being enough for you. Where's the webcam located? Uh, that I I don't know. It's it's on the top. It's on the top. I'm looking at it.
0: Okay, yeah. I took I, a I took a Zoom call on an XPS 15 today with a with a nose cam, and I was like literally yeah. embarrassed the whole time. Yeah, like I apologized to the other person. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's like that's my new check in. The Where's new XPS
4: the 13 has the tiny little cam at the top that puts Apple's webcam to shame because it's like a tenth of the size and three times the quality.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there going to be a Chrome uh, obviously it's it's hoping too much for one of these mainstream companies to come out with a Linux 8CX laptop. But uh-huh. um, so when are we going to get a, a Chromebook at 8CX? Laptop? I have no idea. Uh
4: I actually don't know if that's viable if they like, are
3: even bothering to try. Oh really? Because they're so dependent on Intel for their high-end stuff. Well, no, you stuff. can
4: get a bunch of you can get a bunch of uh, ARM-based uh, Chromebooks. They're still mm. out there, but like most of them but are not like, the Media not Tech. the premium. Well, I, I don't know if the ACS is sp- specifically tuned for Windows. Like, we're going to get a bunch of email telling me I'm dumb and wrong. So just send it in. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know the answer. You might remember that earlier in the show, Dieter said Android was slow. <laughs>
4: so go ahead
0: and get all those God ideas damn. out at Dieter.
4: That would be great. Um, I, I'm going to make the Android people even angrier later. Well, uh, we should get into it. So okay. that's the No. 10. You're
0: going to have a review, presumably. Yep. It's yep. going to happen. I'm excited about the small one, too. I just, you know, I like a, like a compact big phone. It's a thing. No, you don't. You only it's, like surfboards. I mean, I, I've got the big phone. Yeah, okay. It's like, uh, I like a big screen. I mean, yeah. the phones are just getting bigger. That's, that's what's true. happening. The yep. dream of the small phone is over. Okay. But there's, like, other Android controversy in the world. <sighs> so, first no, thing... By the way, you are driving. Yeah. <laughs> The, the, that's your fault.
4: Yeah. Uh, okay. So the last public you know, developer beta for Android Q came out, beta 6. And like they have for the past several betas, Google uh, tweaked the way that the back gesture works or like added some stuff. And it was super confusing and no one knew what it meant. Like people that run Android sites full time for their job didn't know what the heck Google was doing. <laughs> so here's like the fundamental problem. There's this app drawer on the left. Mm-hmm. And the back gesture means that the app drawer thing doesn't work because you got you can't slide it in. And Google had two choices at this moment. Choice number one. Well, they had three choices. Choice number one. All right. Figure out another way for the back gesture. Save the app drawer. Just only do it on the right-hand side or something. Uh, choice number two. Yeah. Sorry. the The app drawer. You can't slide in for the app drawer anymore. That's like that's just the way it goes. Tap the hamburger button. Turns out that uh, that's what 90, 96% percent. It was I think it was like three to seven percent people have ever used that slide to like open. Yeah, because it's throw. not like really particularly discoverable. Right. So like they they could have just said, yep, sorry, and we all went, ah, uh, okay, right. Mm-hmm. But instead, what they did is like, what if we what if we give you some? We hear you. We're gonna fix it. We'll figure it out. And they're trying to figure out a way to have swiping in from the left side of the screen do two completely different things. <laughs> and their solution is you, like, hold your finger down, and then the, the drawer kind of peeks out, and then then you can slide in, and it'll, they'll slide the drawer in. Right. And this is all a problem because everybody that made an Android app made an Android app with a drawer because Matias Duarte said that's the way to make Android apps. You tell Matias this and he's he retcons it and says, No, 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 I just said that you should like blah 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 and do your own thing. And everyone was too slavish. <laughs> do your own thing. Yeah. No head
3: designer anywhere has
4: ever said do your own See, thing. It was like complicated. So, okay, So this anyway. is like a
3: to get this drawer, which I will be honest, I'm one of that like ninety-three-ish percent of people who did not know how to open drawers before now. Now. Yeah, yeah. Is is it like a, a hesitant swipe? No, it's like you hold your finger down and then, then the drawer kind of peeks
4: out and then you can slide it in. So it's a press then swipe. Yeah, it's a yeah. long press, then swipe. Yeah, Just okay. totally intuitive. Sure. Yeah, doesn't okay.
0: – <laughs> I mean, no one's ever not
4: discovered yeah. a long press action. <laughs> so here's, the, here's the, the problem that actually compounds all of this is Google int- is introducing a setting to change the sensitivity of the back gesture. And what the hell does that even mean? It means how far in – how many you know pixels in from the edge of the screen will it detect your finger swiping? and i'm like oh you did that cuz your people are mad about the thing and blah 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 and that's what everybody assumed and they're like no that back gesture thing is there because there's so many different kinds of android phones A lot of them just aren't good at detecting the edge touches at the edges of the screen. They all have different, like, you know, sensitivities there. And so sometimes you're going to need to crank it up. And I said, Well, why don't you, why are you giving the user a setting? You shouldn't do that. You should just figure out what the sensitivity is in the phone ahead of time and set it to that. And they're like, Yeah, except um, have you ever seen anybody with a phone? They put cases on them. Uh, and so if you're going to make the entire side of the screen like the core navigation feature of the phone which by the way the back button is the core navigation feature of Android Yeah, people hit the back button 50% more than they hit the home button that's nuts because the back button has never been beloved
0: it was always like I've always loved it
4: (laughs) yeah except that it's broken because it takes you out of the app instead of just going up in the hierarchy (laughs) but still
5: right?
4: (laughs) I deeply love it okay uh so yeah, so it, they they need to put that little sensitivity thing on in case you put a big ass case on it, and then you can't like hit the edge just right. I
0: th- that is the most Android thing I've ever heard.
5: Yeah, Can Like, I?
0: It, in all of the best and worst ways. Like, there's a part of me that loves it mm-hmm. because only Google and only Android comes up with this that solution. Yep. And there's a part of me that's like, this is this is this is the whole problem
4: with Android. In a weird way. Android is more consistent than the iPhone when it comes to swiping in from the left si- side of the screen, even with that weird peak thing, which which they should get rid of. Because on an iPhone, sometimes swiping in goes back, and sometimes it opens up a drawer. You never know. When does it open up a drawer? Slack. Or a bunch of apps that have drawers. Gmail. Like a bunch of apps, if you swipe in from the left, sometimes you go up in the hierarchy, and sometimes you open up a drawer over on the left-hand side. You never know. And Google just it, it, swiping in goes back at the end.
0: Okay. So on Twitter, you get it? Yeah. yeah. See? whole bunch of apps. Oh, no. This is, like, all over the
4: place. Yeah. This is what I'm
0: saying. Even in the Twitter app, it's like, all right. Yeah. You never really know. No, I know. I figured it out. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you.
4: Oh, okay. It's a secret. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's it goes back in the hierarchy until you get to home. home and, then and then it, it opens it, the drawer.
4: Yes. Which is, sure. It, it does something different depending on the context, which is exactly what you want in a user design. User interface design. Especially for an undiscoverable gesture. Yeah, okay. <laughs> also,
3: also, Dieter, I haven't seen as much about this. I just got the, the beta on my phone just before the Vergecast, so I'm now an expert. Uh, the <laughs> corners, if you swipe oh, God. back on the, cor- the bottom left or bottom right yes. corner, if you swipe back, that's not a back. That's the, Google Assistant. The Google Assistant is a diagonal
4: swipe in from either of the bottom corners. That is correct. <laughs> and they are constantly changing the animation to try and figure out how to make it visible and understandable and not annoying as hell. Yeah, I and, feel like I'm being tricked. And uh, little little tidbit there, uh, I think they can change it without having to push an entire Android update. Like they could be like, no one's using this. Let's like, let's like tweak a setting on the server, and it'll like. So they're it. like, a, B I've seen B it change through the betas without the betas updating. Wow. Yeah. All right. When is Q coming out for real? Uh, a few weeks, quote unquote. Oh wow. Yeah, so this is it. This is like this is what we're getting, and uh, everyone's very mad. Uh, and I think they're very mad because Google like negotiated with terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to like give everybody what they wanted, and they should have just said no. This yeah. is how it is. We're taking now. over and we're doing it. But yeah. that's like the least
0: Google way to do it. Right. The most Google way to do it is like now we made a setting that <laughs> changes the number of pixels that are active for a back gesture. But
4: that doesn't even affect the thing that people are unhappy about.
0: Yeah, yeah. But that's why that's why it's the most Google thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like all of you are mad about Google Reader going away, uh, but here's a number of options in YouTube. It's like none <laughs> of that is the same.
4: Yeah. Uh, also, nine to five Mac got a huge uh, Pixel scoop. Uh, they've got like a whole bunch of specs, and most of which are like basically what you would expect them to be. The two interesting things are: uh, it sounds like they're going to go for a 90 hertz refresh rate screen, so it'll be way smoother. And there is a quote-unquote DSLR-like attachment for the cameras on the back. What?
3: Yeah, like a lens. It, that's it's hard to DSL- say. <laughs> DSLR-like is like yeah. lenses.
4: Also, the guy in charge of Pixel, Mario Karaz, just got like uh, ascended up like uh, like a like a deity to uh, Sundar's office, and Rick Osterloh is taking over, taking charge of Pixel directly for the time being. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Right before, like, weeks before the Pixel 4 is going to launch. I get it. Like, Sundar's
0: like, look, Rick, you've been tweeting about it nonstop for (laughs) weeks. You might as well just, like, run it.
4: Like, (laughs) what are we doing here?
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. We got to take a break. Julia Alexander is going to join us, talk about the streaming wars. We'll be right back.
1: Support for this podcast comes from Canva. They say Rome wasn't built in a day, but you know what you can get built in a day? Your creative deck you can generate creative decks to use for all your important presentations with Canva. Thanks to their AI, you can start with a simple prompt and watch Canva go to work. You want a sales presentation for a tech company? Done. Create an employee onboarding plan? No problem. Just type it in and watch Canva work its magic. You'll have generated options in seconds. Choose your favorite style, customize the content, and you're done. It's a serious time saver at work. So whatever you do at your job, Canva presentations can give you a head start on your deck.
2: Grow your business in Slack. Visit Slack.com to get started.
0: Julia Alexander is here. Welcome, Julia. Thank you. I'd like to begin this discussion. Why is your voice so deep? I don't
5: know.
0: <laughs> I, I was trying to do like a the Stream Wars have begun. Oh yeah. War
4: <laughs> has never
5: changed.
6: It's like your <laughs> Chancellor Palpatine voice. Yeah. This is what I leaning into. I don't
4: I don't know what. All right, Julia. It just hit me that Disney owns the IP for Palpatine. Yeah. Okay. I knew that. Like, in my, if you would ask me, I would have told you that was true. But it, it wasn't emotionally real until just now. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, like we we do a lot of
0: disclosures on this show, yeah. and I feel very strongly that I should just start like pre-disclosing a Disney disclosure, like disclosure. Disney will soon own us. <laughs> <laughs> as you, as you, as you know, soon there will be one company, uh, Disney. Uh, we'd like to welcome our new overlords <laughs> disclosure. Uh, we will be good subjects. Anyway, it was Disney earnings this week. Yes. Julie, you covered the hell out of them. I think it is wild that uh, Disney has gone from a company whose earnings like The Verge did not really pay attention to to now like we got to be on it. Yeah. And you wrote like three or four pieces about them. Because they implicate so much of what's going on in the streaming wars and in yeah. and consumer stuff. So give us the rundown.
6: Yeah. So there's so much to talk about with Disney, but there's two stories, right? So there's the story that Disney missed their earnings guess. Like that, they thought they were going to do way better than they did, and they blamed Fox for that. Specifically, they blamed um, Dark Phoenix, which was an X Men movie, which CEO Bob Iger was like, it just didn't do what we thought it was going to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, like, Everyone could have told them that. Um, but they basically said, you know, we bought this company and this was our first quarter where we've really owned them. And so we're seeing is kind of what we assumed was going to happen because it cost so much and they weren't producing as much as we thought they were going to do. Um, that's one story. That's like the financial story. But on the other side of it, you've got the, really, the more interesting one, which is that Disney crossed $8 billion at the box office already this year, which is insane, um, based off of like six movies. Um, and Disney is ramping up entirely to do streaming and just streaming. Like, that is their number yeah. one focus. So
4: can you put the $8 billion box office in context? Because, like, we have, like, tech earnings. And, like, Apple just sneezes and $8 billion in cash falls yeah. out. So, like, w- how big a deal is it for $8 billion in the box office?
6: Yeah. I mean, it's huge because it's not even—we're eight months in. Not even. Eight yeah. months into the year. They did $7 billion last year total. Okay. Um, and so they've done $8 billion already. And they still have two major movies, which is Frozen 2 and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, to come out, which will both cross a billion. Um, so they're going to make more than ten billion dollars this year, which is the biggest record, your biggest year on record for any studio in the history of cinema. Um, but, but I just—it's not fair because <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, they bought all the other studios. They bought, yeah. It's like I don't know if Ford and in GM like merged and then they bought Nissan and they're like we sold more cars than anyone. It's like
6: you didn't.
5: <laughs> all right.
6: It's just like inherently a bad comparison. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is if you look back far enough, what they did with movies they're doing with streaming, which is extremely smart, right? So when you look back, Disney realized crap, we're not making any good we're not making movies people want to see. Uh, there was a period after the 90s um, up until about 2006, 2007 when Disney was making a lot of garbage.
3: So what was the the bear movie? The Country Bears, yeah, yeah.
6: yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah. See, I don't even remember that. See, it fell off <laughs> exactly. the radar.
3: Yeah, I remember Country Bears.
6: But then um, Bob Iger comes in as CEO and he decides to do a bunch of things. He buys a bunch of companies where he thinks he can make tiny networks out of. So he buys Lucasfilm, he buys Marvel, he buys Pixar. Um, and you buy someone else I can't remember oh Fox Uh, (laughs) Fox (laughs) Fox. and his whole thing is like we can make networks that create franchises that will then power us through so what we've seen happen is Marvel Studios become one of the biggest um, properties in the world uh, in terms of IP then you've got the same thing with Pixar and their sequels um, and then Disney was just like screw it let's just make live action remakes of all of our ninety movies all of our popular 90s movies which have all crossed like a billion dollars to the box office So what Disney is doing now with streaming is the exact same thing. They're just – they bought Fox so that they could have a huge back catalog to propel Disney Plus and Hulu. And then they bundled that with ESPN Plus and now suddenly they have all these little micro networks that they can sell at a very good price for uh, and basically beat out the competition.
0: So that was the other big kind of announcement. Right. Was that you can get – Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN plus for twelve ninety nine a month.
6: Right. And so it's uh, Hulu's ad supported version. So it's not ad free. Right. Uh,
0: the number one thing people asked me on Twitter was why can't I pay twenty bucks a month and not have ads?
6: Yeah. I also got uh, can I pay Twelve dollars and just get Hulu without ads and Disney Plus and no ESPN, and no ESPN Plus because
4: yeah. ES- the ES- ESPN Plus to be clear doesn't have Sports Center. No, so it's it might as well be the Ocho. Yeah. Okay.
6: There's but, not a lot of like live Major League Sports.
0: But right. Disney genetically has to prop up ESPN like they don't for so long. Every the thing that Disney made money on was like forcing you to have ESPN. Yeah. They can't not. Yeah. Like, they don't know how. The other thing about <laughs> like,
6: ESPN is, like, once they go international, which is the whole game plan, um, they can just start working with international sports teams to sell that to international markets uh, or sports leagues. And that's a huge, like, market uh, growth market for them. So, wait, just, just to be clear, both,
3: the answers to those both of those questions is no, correct? Yeah, so you no. You can't get...
6: At least not what right now. I, I My guess is that there eventually will be different options because streaming is going to become cable, uh, which means uh, you're going to have tiers that you can subscribe to and mm. choose. Also,
0: there's just nothing smarter than putting out the thing, having everyone ask for something slightly different and then delivering slightly different. Yeah, that's like a great place to be. (laughs) We've
3: been listening to you carefully.
6: Well, exactly. I mean, I said this on Twitter. Like right now it's super, super smart because they have three revenue options for like one product, which is insane. Mm. Like no matter what you want to go in on, they're going to make revenue off of it. Um, So it works out to their benefit really well right now.
4: Could you go back and connect the dot on Disney buying all the other studios for – Streaming and yep. it's not just about the back catalog, right? It's it's about they they want to be able to make new shows based on that old IP because they know they will be right. hits, right?
6: Yeah. So there's two. So in order for a streaming network to work, uh, a streaming service, there's a formula, right? So you have to have tentpole features which bring people in, but then you need snackable content. Which snackable content is Friends? It's the it's the office. It's like I'm gonna pay eight dollars a month or whatever, whatever Netflix is now twelve dollars a month. I'm gonna pay twelve dollars a month. Um, cause I want to watch stranger things, but then I'm going to keep paying because I just want to fall asleep to Futurama or the office. Disney has that better than anyone else going forward. Maybe, maybe HBO max from Warner media, I, which I, I know you, I know I can, you know, I I talk like, <laughs> but <laughs> in terms of IP, Disney is well situated. So Disney goes, okay, um, come to our streaming service and you're going to get a, a new star Wars show, a new, um, Captain America show, um, Kind of. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna get <laughs> you're, you're gonna get this, plus you're gonna get seven thousand hours of all of our old TV shows and all of our old movie almost all of our old movies. That's something that Netflix can't offer. Yeah. Netflix is losing all of their important license content. So they're going, come for Stranger Things and stay for Stranger yeah, Things. Stay yeah, stay for <laughs> Stranger <laughs> Things. Um, which is essentially why Netflix is kind of facing this moment of like you know, collar-pulling, like, ah, geez, we are are now in a corner.
3: I I just remembered Adam Sandler's murder mystery. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which did
6: very well (laughs) for Netflix, according to Netflix.
3: Uh, That
0: movie... Uh, which is like not good was exactly perfect for having my in-laws over. I was like, you know what oh, we're gonna yeah. do? Uh, extremely safe Adam Sandler rom-com. Yeah. Did, yeah, did like, it end up being <laughs> extremely safe? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it is exactly the thing that you think it is. Yeah. Like, okay. I, are there pratfalls? I, there are pratfalls.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've had this th- this thinking lately that Netflix seems to be heavily investing in stuff that's sort of like store brand content. Like around here, uh, that my local grocery store has Flavorite. And Flavorite peanut butter is almost exactly like Jif peanut butter, but it isn't (laughs) Jif peanut butter, and it's $2 cheaper.
0: No, so that – Julia's been writing about this for a long time. Like um, Netflix just makes a bunch of stuff, right? And like that's the snackable stuff. Like the algorithm is like you sort of like uh, shows – you like HGTV – like, here's some Australian HGTV nonsense that we licensed, and, like, maybe you'll just, like, watch it for a while.
6: Well, yeah. and that's the issue that—that's the biggest issue right now that people are facing. So there is the beginnings of a backlash on—that we're seeing on Twitter and Instagram of all these creators, uh, all these showrunners, being like, Netflix screwed us over. And they're continuously screwing us over. And it's because the algorithm. So there's a show called Tuca and Birdie, which is, like, a, a, great, a great show similar to BoJack Horseman— um, It was recommended to, like, no one. It wasn't on the front page. It was never on the home page. It wasn't recommended to anyone. I'm someone who watches BoJack religiously because it's a sad show. (laughs) And and it was not recommended to me, and, like, I'm the ideal target for it. So when the show got canceled after one season, uh, and Netflix basically said um, the way Netflix weighs whether to renew something is whether or not you can bring in new subscribers or retain subscribers who are likely to cancel. Like, those are their two major metrics. Um, when it couldn't do that, the showrunner, Lisa Hanlewalt, went on Twitter and basically said, "The we can't beat the algorithm. And then all these other showrunners were like, yep, this is an issue we bring up with Netflix all the time. We don't know how your platform works.
0: No matter what you do, there's always an opaque algorithm. That makes you sad. <laughs>
6: well, and that's, that's the thing. Like that's
0: just <laughs> like the story of the internet. Well,
6: it's, it's like I tweeted about it. I was like, I've been covering YouTube for so long that from pe- to see showrunners who once had to just deal with Nielsen ratings and having a bad time slot on like Friday at 8 p.m. Now they're doing they're they have the exact same complaints that YouTube creators have, which is like, we don't know how to do this, and we're Going to have to start creating shows, forgetting about content, actually figuring out how to game an algorithm that we don't understand. Right. Which is like fascinating.
4: So I knew that this, like, Oh no! Not. There was another show that they canceled after like two the, years. The OA. Well, so I was getting to that
6: because
4: oh. <laughs> I would heard the OA was good, and I knew that there was like this ambient fear that Netflix would cancel shows, and I needed something to watch when I came to New York this week, uh, and uh, I needed something I could download. And so I'm like, oh, you know, people like the OA. There's somebody who I won't say who, in case anybody loves it, who told me that it was a huge mistake. It's a terrible show, but whatever. Um, and so I watched it for the first time. I like went through three episodes, and then the very next day, canceled. And now, what do I do? Because I'm like into the show. <laughs> you watch the rest of it. I know it ends after two seasons, and they don't finish the narrative. What do I do?
6: Well, and the other thing about so the Netflix cancellation, right? So the whole there was a report that was like Netflix cancels shows after two seasons if they don't do what they needed to do, um, and a big part of that, um, which I'm writing about right now, is that Netflix doesn't have a big thing that cable relies on a lot, which is one ads, but two syndication. And if they can't they can't keep a show going for seven seasons, then hopefully TBS picks it up. And they're like, cool, we'll just make money off Friends for the rest of our lives. Uh, Netflix doesn't have that. So Netflix, like HBO, really needs you to be invested in there. Like, they really need you to be turning in. Um, and whereas HBO can look at, okay, well, this many people tuned in linearly, this many people tuned in on HBO now afterwards, this many people watch HBO Go, we, can, we know there's an audience Netflix is reliant on an algorithm to like hopefully maybe people saw it, but if they didn't, then we're not going to give it a chance to be discovered.
0: So I want to just back up to Disney for one second. Oh, right. I mean, it's impossible to not (laughs) talk about Netflix in this context because it is the only product that exists.
6: Yeah. Like
0: Disney Plus is this looming specter that's coming. I believe it is a five on the Go90 scale of Doom streaming services. Not like 50, but five. Five. Yeah. Like gonna succeed. It, yeah, the only reason it's a five is because it it hasn't launched and thus, by definition, could fail. Yeah, right. Like they could light it up and they'd be like, "Oh my god, we forgot to write a user interface." <laughs> like, <"Whoops." laughs> right, like you know, like, who knows what's gonna happen between now and it launching? But it feels very much like it will succeed. Yeah. Right. It's Disney. They've got the they've got their library. They've got their commitment to never having a new idea. Yeah. Right, like, what are... New characters? No, heavens no. <laughs> <laughs> like,
5: have you heard of the Lion <laughs> King?
0: Sure. But, like, that's very safe. Literally, I mean, Bob Iger seems to know what he's doing. Yeah. Which is, like, the most dangerous thing you can say to Julia. <laughs> like, now now two hours of Bob Iger, definitely know what he's... Doing. Anyway, uh, like, but they're going to win. Like, that's the specter over the industry. Then there is... All the stuff that's leaving Netflix, which you were talking about. Yeah. Some stuff is going back to HBO Max. <laughs> ATT TV now, TV now, please, ATT <laughs> Mac Go TV plus 5G. Like that's happening over there. <laughs> that's not a joke, by the way. That's the actual it's name so of the movie. That's close to what it is.
2: Uh,
0: a bunch of stuff is gonna revert to to Disney. Like right now, Netflix is like really promoting a lot of Marvel movies, which is wild
4: because they're all going away. It's like get them while you can. Uh, Netflix just changed their movies tab they just added it back to their like Apple TV app and they're yeah. like, oh they finally added movies hooray uh, now they only give you like three rows and then it's back to TV shows in the movies tab <laughs> that's
0: hilarious <laughs> um, but yeah you want to watch a Pixar movie on Netflix like now's your chance it's never going to happen for you again but none of it's here yet.
6: Yeah, I yeah. mean this is the thing. So like the wars there's a term that we've used like Neil has used it a lot right now is like the streaming wars. The wars don't really kick off in, for another 2 years because all the and because of digital rights. Like all the rights are still tied up in various things. So for example, when Disney Plus launches, it will only have 4 Marvel movies. And then by the first year, it will have 8 Marvel movies. There are currently 23 Marvel movies, but because Which of Which is the best one? Uh, Iron Man Two. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> so, they're, they're, Iron Man whose rights are tied up in a de- are so tied up in uh, with a company called Epics because of a deal made in 2010. And what that shows is that all these companies didn't realize streaming was going to be a thing. Netflix did very early on. Uh, and now they're all scrambling to get their stuff back. So that's why NBC paid a lot of money for The Office and will probably pay a lot of money for Seinfeld. Warner Media paid a lot of money for Friends. So there's there's all these things happening. So streaming wars, we don't really know what's going to happen until the rights go back. And then when Warner Media can say, we have the Harry Potter collection, we have Friends, we have all this stuff that we used to own, um, that's when we'll start seeing, like, will people want to pay $16 a month for HBO Max?
0: So what, what I'm confused about, what I'd, I'd love to, like, figure out is Netflix, before it has lost all the content, before it is facing the competitors, is losing subscribers.
6: In the United States.
0: In the United States. And they're, like, focused on international expansion, (laughs) which is crazy. Like, for a variety of reasons, like, you can only unlock so many more people. Yeah. Like, a good, um, I think, comparison to this is Apple, Mm. which every year... For years and years, like every quarter's a record quarter, why? Because the iPhone launched in like two more countries, right? And then they they literally ran out of countries. Like they, now, <laughs> iPhone sales are flat to down because there's nowhere else to go. They're like Elon. And now they're launching a streaming service. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I guess you got to do that. It's like I hope Elon gets to Mars soon because Apple sales are flat. Like <laughs> that's where they're they're at with that cycle. That's the same path Netflix is on
6: and Disney. Uh, Disney is also betting huge. Uh, Iger said in the last earnings call that they want to scale extremely quick. Uh, he called like Disney Plus the most important product he's launched in his tenure at Disney. Um, he's stepping down in 2021. And so like, that's a huge proclamation to make. Like, Disney is betting super hard on streaming and they're betting super hard on international. And they're also betting hard. Everyone kind of forgets Disney owns Hulu. So they're also betting really hard on making Hulu their HBO. They want FX to be HBO. FX wants to be HBO. Uh, and they're like, cool, that's what you guys will be. We're going to have our own HBO that we are going to sell to people. Um, wait,
0: wait, what is having your own HBO? Because I would remind you that ATT is aggressively diluting the idea of right. HBO right now. It's
6: actually very funny. So, um, There is an event that's going on right now called the Television Critics Association Conference, uh, and John Landgraf, who is the chief of FX, who is a brilliant man, does uh, an annual State of the Union address, and he basically said the issue facing streaming platforms is that none of it is uh, is curated. There's no identity to any of these streaming services, which is true. Disney comes the closest because they have recognizable IPs. So what they want to do with FX is basically say we're gonna. In, we're going to increase your staff, we're going to increase your oversight, and then we're going to increase your output. And the difference that I can see from AT&T and HBO, based on what I'm reading, I don't actually, based on what I've read, at t wants to amp up production on HBO, but doesn't want to give them the oversight. So which means you're going to get a lot of garbage because it's like, no, we're just greenlighting things. Versus FX wants to take over what HBO has, and if they have the right staff, if they have, if they have the right people to amp up production and actually look over and make sure it's good, they could do that, and that makes Hulu very, very exciting for Disney.
0: So, why is Netflix losing subscribers in the United States now? Before they're even facing this competition, or they've they've lost the content.
6: They have they don't because they don't have anything. They have so that when they spoke about when they spoke about the loss of subscribers, they said that the big issue was one, price increase. They they had a price increase, uh, and two. They had no spectacular content. Like, they called that out. They were like, mm, we don't really we, we, we don't have anything. <laughs> Literally, they were like, next quarter will be great because we have Stranger Things. Uh, but they very explicitly were like, mm, there was nothing super exciting, which is 100% true. And that's the issue that Netflix is running into. That's why they've become a lot more somber. If you read a lot of, like, trade reports, they the meetings they're having with people have gone from being, like, the arrogant kids, like, arrogant Wall Street kids to being like, ugh. We, uh, we are now a cable network, and that means that we have to figure out our rising debt. We have to figure out how to bring in new shows that people are actually interested in, um, which is why they're signing massive deals, right? That's why they just gave the Game of Thrones creators $200 million for a total exclusive- exclusivity.
0: I think that deal is going to backfire yes. spectacularly. Yeah. Right. Yes. I'm just going to point that like,
6: they, they're not any good without the books. Exactly. Like, like,
0: yeah. Proven again and again and again. <laughs> like Yeah, okay. Um, so like, you wonder why HBO let them go like I saw a lot of tweets like why would you let them go and it's like HBO watched the fucking show that's, mean, what, that's what they were like
6: bye it's super interesting because like Netflix, <laughs> Netflix uh, is basically facing what Disney is about to face which Disney has told investors 2020 is going to be bad it's not going to be a 2019 and you should be prepared for this because we don't have anything really uh, in in we don't have any major Marvel movies we don't have any major really Disney movies so it's like but the focus of that I think I wrote this, was Disney wants you, you're going to go to the movie theaters no matter what, because it's Disney, but they would much rather you spend $8 a month, $7 a month at home. Like, they want to grow, they want to grow to 12 million subscribers by December, which, to put that in context, is 20% of Netflix's current U.S. market. Like, that's a that's fast. That's like we're going to scale very quickly, and hopefully, I think they
0: could
4: totally do
6: it. I think so too. Yeah,
0: I mean, because they're going to have at least their own Disney movies, right?
6: Yeah, and they're also really they've also changed a bunch of theatrical releases to make them exclusive Disney Plus releases. Fox is now making exclusive Disney Plus things. Um, they're rebooting a bunch of stuff for Disney Plus. So they had, like they've basically said streaming to us is just as important uh, as film I mean Bob Iger's prodigy is now overseeing streaming like it's like
0: (laughs) the wistful note there was I wish I was Bob Iger's prodigy (laughs)
6: like it's very
0: clear what what you're trying to say here like Bob Iger (laughs) do you need a new prodigy the old one is busy like give me a call
6: Um, but yeah so it's it's exciting but it's interesting because we're about to see a drought and then in two or three years we're about to see more television than anyone has seen in a very long time
0: wild. so uh, we only got you for a few more minutes. Where does HBO Max plus Max HBO AT&T go?
6: So Neil and <laughs> I have this conversation. <laughs> I think HBO Max is, do you have a go 90 scale? I think it's at like a 10. Okay. Because I think what is going to happen, all the HBO Now subscribers will get looped into HBO Max. Uh, so they start off pretty strong. But I think what HBO has going for it is that it? it is HBO, so they're bringing in people all on that, but plus they have the exclusive rights to a lot of CW series, which is a huge thing that Netflix lost because the CW shows are some of the most watched shows on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have people tuning in for that. They also want to do family content. So you have people who are like, oh, I would like to watch HBO with my kids around and I would like to give them shows. There's two, ne- like, there's two things. But I think there's enough with HBO Max going into it on both the movie side and the TV side that people... What's on the movie side? Anything Warner Brothers. Uh, that makes sense. Anything Warner Brothers. Uh, so hopefully, Because right, it's Warner Media. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. That's the
0: <clears throat> the ever popular DCU will be available to you on yeah. HBO Max.
6: This is where they're releasing the Snyder Cut. It's going to be coming out. <laughs> <laughs> this is how they get people if on you, board. If you sign
4: up for HBO Max, Zack Snyder will personally come to
0: your house <laughs> yeah. and depress you. <laughs> well,
6: he's got nothing else to do. <laughs> he'll message you on Vero and tell you oh about God. how great he's doing.
0: Yeah, no, he'll message you on like AT&T's proprietary, <laughs> not encrypted chat app that's pre-installed on your phone.
6: I don't think it's going to be as successful as Netflix or as successful as Disney. Uh, it's also not going international, but I think it will be way better than NBC Uni's streaming service, which their whole their whole strategy is we have the office, which is a bad strategy.
0: Yeah, and like the it's it's if you don't have cable, it's like definitely still worse. Yeah, it's yeah.
6: it's not I, great.
0: I a disclosure:
6: oh, Comcast right. is an
0: investor in Vox Media which owns The Verge, sooner or later will just be owned by Disney. (laughs) We welcome our insect overlords. It's
3: it's hard to imagine people getting bored of watching amazing TV. But do you think there will be a tail off in people watching okay television?
6: Yeah. So there's a really great quote by John Landgraf, which is that there's never been more television than there is right now. And all that means is that great TV is being overlooked and more mediocre TV is being produced. And his whole thing is, like, there are—the last count is 530 scripted series so right now, and that doesn't account for reality. And so it's interesting to think about, like, the amount—it doesn't account for Quibi which <laughs> my, my, uh, my
3: other a gross passion
6: oversight passion project that I love watching uh, uh, but I think people will they'll, they'll, they'll watch I'm sorry you couldn't even like,
0: you didn't even have like <laughs> the self respect to finish the thought You're like Quibi my passion project I,
6: I I lost it
0: I'm pretty sure Julia has adopted the position
4: that Quibi will be successful Quimby. just to troll me <laughs>
6: <laughs> Jeffrey Katzenberg is a very Look, interesting man. Eli,
4: Quibi is the Iron Man two of streaming services.
6: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Quibi remains at eighty five uh, in the Go ninety scale of doing streaming services.
6: Uh, but it's also interesting to think about the fact that both Disney and Netflix didn't call out each other on recent calls. They didn't call out HBO Max. Uh, they called out YouTube. They said we want YouTube. Mm. That's what we want, which is an insane thing to want because it's free (laughs) uh, and it's user-generated content. So it's not anything comparable. But that's what they're thinking size-wise. Like that's what they want. They want to be the size of YouTube. They want to be the size of YouTube, which is –
0: Are they aware that YouTube scale has caused (laughs) YouTube enormous problems?
6: I mean clearly they haven't learned from algorithm issues. (laughs) So I don't think they're paying attention. Okay.
0: Well, I think you should write this story. Uh, Netflix creators have the same problems as YouTube creators.
6: I think I tweeted it. Well that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's
4: the issue. She oh, tweeted yeah. it. I got on Slack, DM'd her, and said, You should put that on the site. And she said, Yeah, but something, something. And I said, I referred you to my previous statement. And she said, Did You make a good argument.
5: <laughs> All right. She's
4: busy. Yeah. yeah it truly is very busy. <laughs> well, I, I just think it's fascinating that it appears
0: as though there's already this like collateral damage from the streaming wars yeah. to these companies. Like they're They're rethinking how they work. Their subscribers are moving around. Their earnings aren't where they think they should be. Like, Disney's missing its own guidance because of Dark Phoenix. (laughs) Dark Phoenix (laughs) is the, like, even watching the trailer, I was like, the only time I'm going to watch this movie is on an airplane.
6: Yeah. It's a good airplane movie.
0: Like, I've always thought, and no one will (laughs) agree, this is a bad idea, that we should have a movie rating scale, and the movie rating scale should just be, where will you watch this? Yes. Like, is this a theater Mm. movie? Is this a pay for it in the first window? Is it wait the extra annoying week for it to be a rental? Is it sooner or later it'll be a net like syndicated
4: yes. somewhere, or is it like mm-hmm. just wait for it to hit the seat back? I you wrote- need, somewhere in there you need to put like like playing nonstop on like TNT yeah you will right? al- you will
0: always watch the middle third of this movie yeah you will
4: never really know
0: what happened in the first <laughs> half an hour of this movie
6: I wrote a whole opinion piece and to date it is probably one of the, the pieces that made people the angriest uh, <laughs> it was just that the Boss Baby is the best airplane movie because mm. it's a great movie. Right. Well, Julia, it's, <laughs> it's been great having you on the podcast. I watched a Boss
3: Baby on an airplane. She's not wrong. <laughs> so did I. I, I yes. I, I, what what happens
0: next? What should people be looking out for on the stream wars? Because uh, there's like a flood of news. But what are the what's the key thing you should be watching?
6: Look out between November and April because we've got one, two, three, four services launching. So
0: yeah. including Quibi.
6: Including Quibi in April. April sixth. <laughs> 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 I have the date in my head. <laughs>
0: Uh, right. <laughs> Julia, you you <laughs> remain a zero on the go ninety scales of Doom streaming services. Oh, thank you. A clear success. Aww. Where's your money going? Disney Plus. See? That's, it that's
6: once we get Iron Man two. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. That's enough, Julia. Goodbye. <laughs>
0: Every week, my man. That's right. Consistency
3: embodied, uh-huh. personified. What's it called? It's called Sorry I Can't Pass the Jewel Because of cybersecurity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so obviously because I talked about this concept on The Verge Cast a year ago or so, Jewel is launching a Bluetooth e-cigarette that tracks how much you vape. Yeah. And right. I think this is really important and good for these vaping products to tell you how much nicotine you're getting in, especially if you want to taper off, but even if you don't, so you're not increasing your addiction. Um, So that's cool. I'm very excited about that. That's wild. Also, it has some security features that you can basically lock your vape, right? Yeah. That's really cool. And that got me thinking. So, from watching TikTok, I have discovered that <laughs>
2: Paul,
3: <laughs> all of I'm the teens, you, man. all of the teens are vaping and they're yes. vaping because it's really easy to pass a jewel around. So yeah, even yeah. if you don't own the jewel, and this is the meme on TikTok is, can you pass the jewel? And so what I'm saying is add biometric security or just a fingerprint sensor so that you have to actively have your fingerprint on the jewel, Right. Uh-huh. And so, when your friend, uh, who is high school—by the way, neither of you should be vaping. I'm just saying this. I'm just—I'm just trying to solve the problem that we are faced with right now. Yeah, when yeah, your friend wants the jewel, and you say, "Sorry, I can't," because of cybersecurity, and because you—you'd have to like hold it up to their mouth with the fingerprint. I assure you, this will not stop nicotine-addled teens. <laughs> no, that's uh, a
4: that's a great idea because it'll be you know like you can't have the sweet moment where you like share earbuds with with
3: somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. anymore. Yeah. Now
4: you can have the sweet moment where you hold the jewel for them. Oh, this is bad.
0: You're right, Look, so the nicotine's are the greatest gr- threat to American democracy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> your your so might get this might yes S- you're right what? this might be romantic. Are you saying so on my show right now? <laughs> <laughs> You're watching too much TikTok, homie. This might be romantic, but for any of your friends who are asking you to pass the jewel and they're not even your best friends, you might have a good excuse now to what not pass saying. the jewel. Yeah. You're right?
0: like, this complicated technology stack is keeping me away. When here's
4: it's like, it's like, uh, sorry, I have a blue bubble. You're green. my yeah, yeah. God. Smart yeah. vapes
0: are here. <laughs> the thing about the smart jewel in particular is the problem they are trying to solve is kids are addicted to nicotine. Yeah. Right? And they keep denying that, like, a major part of their business is selling jewels to teenagers. Right. They're like, we would never do that. Never. And then they've released this product that's like, it's a Bluetooth vape that parents can lock from their teens. It'll show you all this stuff. And it's like, all of that is to get you to buy another jewel so that your kids will stop using the jewel. And the way they could really solve it is by stop selling the jewels to teenagers. I love it. I, it's like the perfect evil corporation move mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, this car might hurt you. The solution is to buy a new car. Yeah. Not we should have never designed the bad car in the first place.
4: The thing that I love is they need to solve the kid problem. And so they've created a connected Bluetooth app that collects a bunch of data. Mm. Uh, and that's what I want is uh, a company that's. Funded primarily by big tobacco and is big tobacco at this point. No, here's what I'm getting saying. Getting a bunch of data. We were just
0: talking about the Stream Wars. I would pay twelve ninety nine a month for a real time map of teens vaping. <laughs> just like and you know, like you know those those videos of like the sun over the earth? Yeah. And you can see what parts of Earth are are it's day and night, yeah. it's like moving, it's beautiful. Uh-huh. Mm. Just imagine that, but it's like vape clouds spreading over America. <laughs> like I would pay twelve ninety nine a month for that that screensaver. Okay. I mean, that's like the purest dystopian screensaver. Okay. Speaking of dystopia, Apple's listening
4: to you. <laughs> Everybody is listening to you. You know what? Yeah. I, it occurs to me. I haven't asked Samsung about Bixby yet. There's no one's talking to, to Bixby. Yeah. There's nothing to listen to. It's
0: like one guy in a warehouse being like, I don't know. He keeps asking they, for the dog butler. They, no, record, but guess...
3: they record everything, and then they give it to contractors, but the contractors are dogs. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I'm sorry, i
0: uh did we learn anything from the Bixby grading data? It's
5: like
0: uh well there's there's the one dude who's been asking for the dog butler picture <laughs> for like two days straight, and now the rest of the room is like, woof, and it's like right. what's going on in Siri.
4: This isn't no. a thing, this is a real thing. All of the uh, all of the digital assistants are recording your voice, storing recorded versions of your voice on their servers, and allowing human contractors to occasionally listen to those recordings so that they can tell whether or not the thing worked. Yeah. So Amazon got caught first, and Amazon's deal was like a bunch of people inside Amazon who shouldn't have had access had access, and we, they heard some stuff that seemed bad. So Amazon, went, ah, they created a whole new portal for list- seeing what all the stuff is that, that you've said and like deleting it, and you can even now ask Alexa to stop recording you or delete your last day's recordings or whatever. Then it happened to Google. Google also has a portal where you can go and just delete stuff. And it also happened to uh, then Apple. Apple does not have such a thing. Yeah. Apple uh, is, has a blind spot, in my opinion, because they, they, they think everything happens on device and it's totally secure. And so it doesn't occur to them that you, they would need to provide you like a privacy dashboard. Because like, why would we need to give you a privacy dashboard? We don't know shit. There's nothing to manage. Yeah. yeah. Except there is because they're saving recordings of your voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now. You can now go and like say I don't want it. like Amazon has the option don't be graded by humans. Google I believe has that option now. Yes, it does. And uh, Siri is just st- they just stop doing it. Mm-hmm. They just put it on pause probably because they don't know how to make a button to t- give you yeah. the option to turn it off. In order to turn off Siri, what you have to do is like turn off the way you turn on Siri. So you have to turn off the button and turn off the uh, Hey Siri, and then you need to go into the keyboard settings <laughs> and turn off dictation. And then as you do that, it pops up a warning saying, hey, you're going to lose a bunch of stuff now. And then it deletes your data uh, in there. Now, when you upload your stuff gets uploaded to Apple's cloud, it's anonymized from you. So it, I think it keeps like voice recognition data to maybe get connected to you. I don't fully know the whole story here. But my understanding is, you know, with hashes or something, my hands are waving. You can see that if, if you delete all the Siri stuff, it can get rid of the stuff that's on the server, even though it was anonymized from you in the first place. Somehow that could happen. So, I just want to be clear. Uh, The reason they're doing this is well-intentioned. Yeah. They want to make sure their shit works. Right. So, you
0: say Alexa, and Alexa makes some guess. Yep. And you got it wrong. You say it again. And at some point, some human reviewer gets a random assortment of Alexa commands. That didn't work. That didn't work. Yeah. And it it tries to figure out it. he She, they try
4: to figure out what went wrong and fix Alexa.
0: Yep. Right, and that training process is important to how the model works, blah, blah, blah. And
4: that training process, you know, it's like it's not the best job. So it ends up going to contractors and then you start having like levels of remove of control and oversight over who's listening to voices. And by the way, the way that this
0: got discovered is literally a contractor leaking the stuff to uh, I believe was a Dutch newspaper. Yeah, yeah. So like that's the nightmare scenario. Yep. Is the
3: contractor took the voice recordings away. Yep. And showed them to somebody else. Yep. But contrary to Amazon and Google's position is that yes, we love spying on you and we are working on being better at not spying on you as much. Therefore we're offering you some controls. Apple seems to not want anybody to know that. Like, yeah. I, th- th- this feels like a big betrayal to me because Apple has positioned itself as the privacy company. They're advertising yep. as the privacy company. And yep. if they don't put a button, like Dieter said, like maybe they're just waiting until they have the software. But if they just say, uh, we'll just never tell our customers that this happened. Mm-hmm. Like, because what the button says is, if you don't uncheck this, then we will listen to recordings of you. Right. So that would involve admitting to their customers. They all have very fuzzy ways
4: of defining what this human grading is mm-hmm. because there's two levels of it. There's, you know, do you, will you allow humans to listen to it or not in order to improve our services and whatever? Amazon actually played some word games initially where they're like, uh, it will be, do you want to you use your voice to help us improve new services? And you're like, no, don't. And they're like, cool, then it'll be done. But did you, did you hear what I said? Do you want to use your voice to help us improve new services? Unchecking the button only turned off human review to optimize for <laughs> new things they made. It didn't turn off human review for other stuff. Oh, my God. So there's that's the human review side of it, the human grading side. The second part is, uh, is your voice being stored on those servers full stop? Can you like delete it or can you tell it never to get uploaded in the first place? Uh, between uh, Apple, Amazon, and Google, only one of those companies gives you the option to never have your voice saved on its servers. Which one do you think it is?
0: Google, Google. I picked the one that seemed the least likely. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. So I'm I'm the a, I'm other a, two, you can delete your stuff, but you like if once you turn on the assistant, it records. So I'm gonna just take this in a different direction. Like,
0: okay, all this stuff leaked. Every company's doing it. It all got found out because journalists asked. I think Apple rushed out its announcement because a bunch of journalists, including us, were asking
5: mm-hmm.
0: over and over and over again, and these policies didn't really add up. But here's my thing, and I, I'm just gonna keep coming back to this. Nobody knows,
5: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like the we're doing this is buried in a terms of service agreement that you like bang through when you set up a phone mm-hmm. or you buy a Google Home. Mm-hmm. No one reads the terms of service agreement. Even if you do, they're worded in such a way that they they collect consent. Yeah. I'm like air quoting here. They collect consent from you and they say everyone's consenting to this practice. But like it's impossible to understand what the practice actually is. Yep. Don't play my voice to strangers. It just seems like if you phrased it that way, maybe more people would say no, but they'd need some people to say yes to make it better. This yeah. is all buried. <laughs> like, there's no
3: way that people are actually consenting to this. And, and the concept that it's anonymous is obviously pseudonymous, really.
0: Yeah, it's your voice.
3: It's yeah. people's it, it, voice. It clearly yeah. can be correlated with your device ID because there's a way to delete it. So I, I just, to me, the issue is
0: sort of less... Are they all doing it? What are the, what are the granular di- – like, that's important. We're going to yeah. keep covering the story. They're Obviously, they're feeling some pressure to get better. But if they are feeling that pressure, if the reveal of the thing makes them stop doing it, right? Like, that's the pattern that we're in. Revealing mm-hmm. that it's happening makes them, like, stop. Then they should know. Like, then it should be obvious that you should ask way more directly (laughs) and make it way more obvious Mm -hmm. if simply saying, hey,
3: this thing you're doing is happening. And they're like, no, we'll stop it. Apple asks if – or I think all these companies ask, do you want to send this crash report, right? Yeah. Yeah. How is that any less sensitive than a recording of like a transcription of a text message I'm sending?
0: Yeah, I think that, the, honestly, because well, with a computer and a crash port, like, there's a UI, right? And yeah, like, that's, there, there's, there's, a there's a UI, that.
3: but there,
4: there's also, like, what's in the log? Am I going to read the log? Like, what if want what if, <laughs> to know, what, you know? Like, the crash
0: report is actually recording your voice and yeah, yeah. screaming, oh, it crashed again. <laughs> yeah. I just think there's something about these in particular where the surveillance potential is so high. Yeah. The user fear of that surveillance is high. Yeah. It's not yet out. It doesn't yet outweigh the convenience of having a, mm-hmm. a smart speaker. Right? Because that's pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But the sort of like underlying the FBI is listening to me meme is like there. Yeah. Facebook is listening to me all the time, right? Like everyone believes it, whether or not it's true. Yeah. If you can accidentally back into it with a contractor leaking to a newspaper a bunch of recordings of people, like you should maybe rethink that and maybe ask. I mean, this is like the Steve Jobs quote about privacy. What is privacy? You ask and you ask again and you ask again you just keep asking because you cannot collect that consent once. Right? Like people change their lives like every, it's a like fluid idea of what privacy is. Yeah. And none of them are good at asking. And all of them rely on extremely opaque terms of service agreements that I'm going to tell you right now I think should be illegal.
3: Wow. I mm-hmm. think they should be illegal. What's the I, what's I, the I, alternative to a terms of service? Uh, 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 privacy
0: regulations. (laughs) Right, I mean, it's just like, and I I don't mean to say that because I think my answer to everything is the government. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think our government is, like, that great. Like, do I Mm. want to turn that power over to this government? I do not. Yeah. But I just mean in a very abstract way, Mm. an individual user does not have a a meaningful way to differentiate between different products' terms of service at the point of purchase. Mm -hmm. You're in a Best Buy. There's no, like, information. In front of an Alexa and a Google Home, that's like, here are the settings for Amazon not storing your voice. And you, like, you yeah. don't have the information. You don't even see mm-hmm. the thing until you get the thing home and plug it in. What about and So of- you don't have like the market information to make mm-hmm. that decision. And then no one's a lawyer no one reads a shit anyway. Yeah. So, like, wh- who, how do you, how do you express the like, the, the will of the people? Yeah. It's like, well, we're just going to negotiate as a group with these companies. And like, that looks like, Here's what we will accept and here's what we won't accept. And we've just codified in law. And here's what you can do and what you can't do. What if, uh, like, wh- so I mean wh- that in a very abstract way. I, I do not think, like, Donald Trump should write a privacy <laughs> regulation. Why do you
4: think that EULAs and terms of service exist? Because they need to collect those consents. They're, they're Why contracts. do they need to collect those consents? Because they want to do stuff. Because uh, they don't want to get sued. It's like fundamentally, they don't want to get sued. Well, no, like, right? there's a
0: very, there's like, most of the internet cannot exist without some amount of copyright licensing. Right. Right. So if you take a photo on your phone and you want iCloud to back it up, inherently, and that you haven't even published it, you haven't even put it in the world. Right. Inherently Apple's got to make a copy. It's got to go to an iCloud server. Then they've got to make another copy of that photo to like back it up redundantly. Then if they want to ship it to your if they want to put it on iMessage, they want to ship it to somebody else in your iMessage chain, they've inherently made yet another fifty copies of the thing. Right. So like just to operate that. I'm gonna take a photo, it's gonna get automatically backed up to my iCloud, and I'm gonna text it to someone. Apple needs like 55 copyright licenses from you, or a blanket copyright license. So is that like normal? Like every service, and then consider Instagram, which has to like take far more permissions from you. So like, okay, like I kinda buy it. Like in order to do that, like should we have started with a government copyright law and licensing scheme? Or should these services have developed, right? Right. But I think now we're, they're like exist. We understand them. It's one thing to say, hey, you're putting your personal information into LinkedIn. LinkedIn might share it or re promote it. And then you can be like, I don't, screw it. I don't want to use LinkedIn. And like the features are somewhat apparent to you. Yeah. So there's a relationship there. With privacy, like it is just absolutely opaque and you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And their motivation is to hide it and it doesn't turn into a feature. Like privacy isn't a feature. That's why Apple has to market it all the time. Right. It's well, it, the phones operate the same whether or not Google is watching everything you do on Android. Yeah. Or whether Apple is like making its claims.
3: The, I mean, there's there's also like the t- there the tough edge cases are like um, uh, I was listening to an interview with a developer who, who interviewed Facebook. And so it's like, okay, well, I'll play around with their APIs and see what I can do before I get this interview and he realized that Facebook Messenger showed nearby and that that information while not saying specifically where people are could be correlated with other information relatively easy to say exactly where people are when and create a map of where all your friends are which is obviously like and so Facebook got mad at him and they didn't give him the job and they they fixed that but that was a that was a flaw right and so that's the sort of thing that um, maybe the EULA uh, indemnifies. Is that the right word? Yeah. Protects Facebook from me suing them for being bad at their job. Um, When Facebook was like
0: in front of Congress, the many times they've been in front of Congress, one of the things that they got asked was like, how many times have you changed your terms of service agreement? Right? And it's like hundreds, if not thousands of times, they make little tweaks that, and and you just click yes. Like the iTunes terms of service became a meme, like, late-night comedians are talking about it because Apple is constantly like, tweaking it around the edges. Now, do any of those specific tweets mean anything to you? Like, no. Are you effectively signing a new contract every time you do that? Absolutely you are. That's, like, the. to me, like, we're just at a point, particularly when we're talking about things like they retain the right to take recordings of your voice and let other people listen to them. Even if the intention is good and the outcome makes the service better, you shouldn't be able to just like hide that in one of these agreements. Right. Ab- like, absolutely. Like, that should just be illegal. Right. Like, it, that the, it, the market cannot speak to that enough because next month Apple might change its agreement back. And like, we like it's on us and it's our job. I'm happy to do it. It's on us to like scan the agreement and write the headline and generate the outrage cycle. And they ch- like that's a, I think that's just a bad cycle that's a bad process for protecting people's privacy versus
3: hey we've made some rules and we understand it. do you think there could be something like the creative commons license where like i have like an alternative eula like if if a company presents me with a eula like actually i would prefer this eula and it's like a you know so what
0: are you what are you fundamentally describing you're describing a negotiation yeah and like you are not allowed to negotiate (laughs) like who who signs a contract? Like, everyone does it and they shouldn't. But, like, you're not supposed to sign a contract without a lawyer reading it mm. and, like, making sure it's appropriate. You know what I mean? Like, you're supposed to negotiate. You're not
3: supposed to take the first offer. Mm.
0: You're supposed to, like, fight for yourself. I mean, that's and, how like, I
3: feel with these cookies. Uh, if they say, do you want cookies? I want to say absolutely no unless I am deep into the process of logging in or buying something from you.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's what I mean. Like, I think – we can argue a lot about the GDPR. Like it it, it is an open question about how effective it's been and like whether it's actually stopping some of the stuff, whether it's benefiting the incumbents or whether it's opening up some markets, like good arguments on both sides there, but at least it's there, right? Like there's now a framework in the European union for like how they should talk about your privacy, what they should offer you. Uh, To your point, uh, websites in the European union, when they say, uh, do you want cookies or not? If you say no, they are required to still provide you a service, right? They can't, they can't block you because you don't want their cookies. That's great, right? Like, you can't get that from, like, a collective action market solution, right? Like, you have to just say it's the law. So, like, I think that stuff is coming. We talk about it a lot. I just – every time I hear this stuff about Siri and Alexa, like, all I think about is there's no way anybody knew this was happening. And the second they found out – the second it was revealed – all these companies scramble to change it. Right. That's an indication they knew they were doing something stupid, right? It wasn't, we, we're going to write 50 blog posts justifying it, and there's more and more hype, and eventually, like, you know, a celebrity tweets about how they hate it, and, like, now Taylor Swift is mad. And, like, at, then you know what I mean? Like, there's that version of this story, but then there's the what actually happened, which is the second anyone found out about it, they are like, whoops, yeah, yeah we are bad. And I, yeah. that, th- these are the biggest companies in the world.
4: <laughs> like, they shouldn't get off that easy. Anyhow. Have you turned off Siri? No. Google Assistant? No. Alexa? I don't have Alexa anymore. I have Google Assistant. Okay. Me neither.
0: <laughs> I, I will say that I I have set all of my Google stuff to their auto delete settings.
4: Yeah. Uh,
5: whatever
0: the strictest one is, like three months. Mm-hmm. I feel zero guilt about that.
3: Yeah, yeah I turned uh, everything I could off on Google, except I guess I haven't turned off Assistant. Um, but so like, anyway, I, mean, but I never
0: it... use Siri,
4: so there's no danger in them listening to me. <laughs> the weird thing is like the the companies that probably are the worst at. Doing stuff with our data, have the best controls for
0: because they keep getting caught.
4: Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, or maybe that's the solution. We'll just keep catching them,
0: and eventually um, they'll be respectful. Of, no, the, the like,
3: solution is to abandon them and l- allow them to 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 wither away. Yeah, I mean that's the market solution. The problem
0: is that they're giant monopolies that control like eighty percent of all advertising dollars in America.
3: Like open open source software, open hardware s- stuff that you can audit, stuff that it doesn't send telemetry back to a centralized server, decentralized services as much as possible. Like I think it, it's it's one of those things. Like no matter what laws are added. To this situation, I think it's something that it's going to ultimately be on us to try to protect ourselves from.
0: It's true. You should also build your own car and churn your own butter, but the problem is, (laughs) like, people are busy. Most, it's true. I mean, I I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. I'm a computer nerd. I've done. I did all those things for a long time. Mm -hmm. That's not why they got popular. Like, I, I I wish there was some market dynamic that made this better. Obviously, right? What do I want? I want competition. But there is competition. The three biggest companies in the world are like four. Cortana got caught doing this stuff, too. Yeah. Like the four biggest companies in the world are competing. Cortana like got
4: caught doing a this stuff on Skype Translate, which is like direct actual conversations people are having, right. which is like a whole other thing. They're
0: competing on every metric except privacy. And that's wild to me.
4: Anyhow, I don't mean to keep ranting about it. It's just
0: after we got through the things that were actually happening, to me, that the bigger issue is no one is giving meaningful consent to yeah. this kind of crap. Okay, I'm gonna say it because it's true. I have the Apple Card. It's, uh, it's a credit card. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, nice app. Apple really wants it to be the, the default. Yeah, that's it. Like I don't. I'm gonna try to review it. Does it make you feel richer? It makes me feel like I have another credit card. <laughs> like I was definitely raised to, like not have very many credit cards <laughs> to like always pay that on time. Like to never. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like that is. I hear my dad's voice in my head. So I know there are people out there who. Love their credit card shuffle, who like do all the point stuff. It's not me. Um, although I, I like, I wish I did. Like, it feels like I don't know how to do a scam, you know? Like, right. Like yeah. I kind of wish I did. I also wish I knew how to juggle. Like, there's a lot of stuff I wish I knew how to do. Um, it's <laughs> just a fact. Like, um, does it keep you up at night? Every now and again, I try to juggle. Okay. It doesn't, I'm like, yep,
3: still don't know how to do this. Wow. You know how to, how to learn to juggle is you do it with, uh, uh, the racket balls, because they bounce, so you don't have to bend over and pick up all the juggling balls. That's all right,
0: fun. let me get some racket balls. Uh, Max and I are going to learn how to juggle. That's like a good thing you do with a kid, right? She's only yeah. like one and a half.
3: She's not going to be any good at it. Uh,
0: <laughs> but one day, that's that's my pa- my Prodigy. new parenting goal. It's right up there with good at math, juggling ability. I will um, say the one
4: thing that, that makes me sad about the Apple Card is th- <laughs> there's more than one thing. The two, th- the main thing is that it like it definitely. Ties you to an iPhone like you you now. Yeah, you're an iPhone customer forever and ever uh, until you get rid of the credit card or iMessage or uh, the card in particular is like but like all the stuff that they do to make it easy to pay and like the app and the budgeting is so much better than Mint. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's like a beautiful thing. Yeah, and I, the, the fact that that's only limited to Apple Card purchases is like, oh well, maybe someday they'll just uh, Apple should just take over all of finance and then we'll. <laughs> no, I, don't, I disagree. Uh, <laughs> absolutely disagree. Here is what I
0: want. Uh, I'm mentioning it. I wrote about it. You can read the post. We have to figure out how to review it. I'm I I don't think The Verge is in the business of reviewing credit cards. Like, we're not going to review mm-hmm. like an Amex card next. You know, like. But it's interesting. It is fundamentally a technology product. Just tweet at me and let me know what you want to know about the Apple card so I can figure out what to do with it next besides, like, Buy stuff. G- gazing at it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I
4: don't know. Yeah, it could get two jets. <laughs> yeah, you should cool. uh, you should buy the thing and then, like, reverse the <laughs> charges. You know, like, like Amex is really good. Like, I didn't buy this. And, like, okay, so sure. F- fraud. I All should right. do credit well, no, card fraud. Like, the company, the,
5: the, <laughs> the store won't let me return
4: this. And they're, they're like, yeah, that sucks. We'll, we'll handle it. And then, you know. Okay. Mm. Don't fraud. Don't do fraud. Don't do crimes. All right. Well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll meet Okay, please suggest what you want me to do,
0: except for crimes like Dieter. <laughs> uh, I'm interested in what you want to know from, from like the Verge perspective. I'm sure the credit card, I'm, we know a bunch of people work at the Points guy. I'm sure they're going to do a great job reviewing the card as a credit card. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm much more interested in what you want to know about the text out of it.
4: Okay, we're way over time. Wouldn't be a Verge cast if you didn't say it. We, we, it's
0: just like, I, we, I really wanted to be short this week, and we weren't. Season of Valley, why'd you push that button? Is here. It's great. You should go listen to it. Ashley and Caitlin did a great job. Their producer, Andrew, is our producer. He did a great job, too. Recode Media is also great this week with Peter. He's got Taylor Lawrence on the show. Taylor is like a friend of The Verge cast, friend of The Verge. Excited about that. Go listen to it. It's really fun. You can tweet at me. I'm Reckless Dieter. It's back long. He thinks Android is slow. No God. Paul. <laughs> future Paul tweeted us. We love your feedback. We'll see you next week. Rock and
4: roll. Paul. Kesney.